Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the podcast dedicated to West Bromwich Albion. Please welcome my co-host back on the 27th of August 2001 when West Brom beat Gillingham 1-0. He was there and so was I. How are you, Steve? I'm good, thanks, Mike. Really good. Feeling much, <laughs> much better. Let's do about things. Um, that was a, a goal by Danielle Dicchio, uh, for anybody who's um, interested in the past. But obviously, we're going to talk about more recent things. And finally, Steve Bruce has gone. Um, I was bordering on, um, I don't know, explosion last week with my pure anger about Bruce. Um, a few people said afterwards, I hope you've calmed down now. Um, and yeah, what a relief. But before we get into that, and we will be spending a good chunk of the podcast obviously talking about Bruce well, more who's going to replace Bruce. But firstly, I want to talk about the game against Luton. Um, bit of a disappointing game. Um, obviously, it turned out to be Steve Bruce's last one, and I'm not surprised. Nil-nil draw, very flat. Before the game, there were some banners put up, wasn't there? Some Well, I think there were bed sheets uh, with like Bruce out, lie out, Gawley out. Um Got dotted around. I think there was some on the uh, the gates of the Hawthorns, wasn't there? So yeah, um, we won't be spending too much time on this. But what was your thoughts on the game? Defensive, defensively set up firm team, wasn't it? Um, I think there were what seven outfield players who were defensively minded. So um, yeah, I mean that from the start. I knew what it was about. I think we probably all did. Uh, it was just let's not concede early. Um, and, and, you know, actually, I hadn't got a problem with, with the, the setup of the team, oddly, because I thought, well, you know what? When we're going back to the t- 2000s, early 2000s, the noughties, um, we used to be. We used to build on a really, really solid basis. And, I mean, Gary's team, Mego's team, used to win 1-0 ever such a lot. Um, and I haven't got a problem with it when you're developing, when you're trying to sort of uh, recover recover a position, recover a situation. Um, so I hadn't got a problem with it, to be honest with you. I, I think I'd advocated in the last game that we... Uh, we just go one defensive midfielder and uh, and and go for it on the last podcast. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, with you, when I saw this setup, um, I, I hadn't I hadn't got a problem with it. I thought I, I know what he's doing. At least I know what he's doing. So perhaps it was that, not the fact that I approved of it personally, but the fact that I understood what his goals were, if you like. Uh, when you say goals, I suppose that's a bit of a pun that I didn't intend. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, and and up front, well, we'd got BTA back there, and and Grant was gone, and so I, I felt I, I felt better about that, and that sounds a bit a bit cruel, but I just don't think Grant's busy enough, or he doesn't do enough for me. Um, so so when that the setup was was I was fine with um, the game itself. Well, we didn't concede early, but I've got to say that regardless of Steve Bruce, when I look at the team, when I look at that team that was on the field, um, I just can't, I can't really understand why it is that they can't score. It, when they, they just can't, they just don't score enough goals and I, they, they're not enterprising enough. We aren't getting into the box. We've got wingers who cross and we've, we, we've done this to death. I'm not going to do it again. Them, those players themselves must think I've got to get into the box. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take somebody on, get into the box and shoot. But our wingers, they don't. And anyway, we didn't concede early. We didn't concede at all. Brilliant, but we couldn't score. I know BTA hit the post, and we had good early chances and it was BTA himself who put an early cross uh, into the box quite firmly and, and low. But of course, 
he put the cross in. What's he doing putting the bloody cross in? We got you know we got two wingers and we end up with the the, the player who's a centre centre forward putting the cross in. And of course he wasn't there to tap it in. So I I don't know. As I was listening as I was listening to um, to things and 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 seeing seeing things, I, I was just thinking to myself, we got we. I just don't know. Steve Bruce, yeah, ghastly. He's gone. Uh, I'm happy. But, oh, my God, these players, why can't they see it themselves? Why can't they see how to break down a defence themselves? I despair. I think in terms of the team selection, you were right because you did change it around. It was like a 3-4-3, which coincidentally is something that Val used to play. Uh, Palmer in goal, O'Shea, Kelly, Peters. And then uh, I think like a right wing back was Phillips, left wing back was Townsend, Livermore and Yukushlu in the middle, and then Wallace, Thomas Asante and Dean Garner as our sort of like front three, I suppose. Dean Garner and Wallace were wingers. And in terms of what you say, the only thing I can think of is they're being they were being told to do the wrong things because how can Steve Bruce stand there and not say to the players, stop crossing it in, stop lumping it into the box. Obviously, if you're in the position, I'm not saying don't cross it in, but stop lumping it into the box because it doesn't work. And I think it was more of a failing on Bruce. And in terms of the selection, I felt like he was just trying anything. He was a spent force. He knew he needs to go. We all knew he needs to go. It almost felt like, and obviously I don't know this, but it felt like it was like a standoff between him and our ownership of... You know, was he going to get paid off or was he going to leave? And we don't know what the outcome is, but one way or another he's left. Uh, then one last thing I want to say on the game before we move on to Steve Bruce and, and like I said, his replacement, is um, I thought the referee was awful. I thought the referee had an absolutely shocking game. Um, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. Some serious questions need to be asked of the FA and the standard of refereeing because it's shocking. The amount of poor decisions we've had this year this season so far is just unacceptable. David Webb, the referee was, and I thought he had a terrible performance. But anyway, also one thing, actually one last thing for it, we, we leave the game. Since he's gone, I thought we might as well do the one last quote from Steve Bruce because it's always been a feature of our podcast. But there, So this is what he had to say before he got the sack, but after the game. Defensively, I was very pleased with our display. It was much, much better. I can't think of many of many saves my goalkeepers had to save apart from the one Alex tipped over the bar from the deflection after the break. We got the defensive part right, but in, in getting the defensive part right, it's taking something away from our attacking play. We do believe we needed that platform. We have a hideous record of conceding early goals and we put that right today. At least we can come away with a clean sheet. We didn't create enough at the top end of the pitch. That's There's the frustration for everyone to see. It's also going to be difficult today. They're up in the top half of the table and they were in the playoffs last year. They showed how difficult to play against they are at the Hawthorns. We stood up to them and I was delighted with our desire commit and commitment and that's why the supporters stayed with them. Um, that's from WBA.co.uk. And something else I think I'm going to do as well going forward is I'm going to stop using WBA.co.uk um, for quotes of, of post-match interviews because they're such sort of like soft interviews that no one's real, real questions are asked, whereas I find that, um, you know, in the sort of local papers, they do ask more sort of, I don't know, better questions like, do you think you're going to be here for longer and, and stuff like that? I just, I don't know. But anyway, um, let's move on to the managerial change that happened this morning. I forgot to text timestamp it again. We're recording this on the 10th of October and Steve Bruce got sacked this morning. I must admit, I was dancing around my living room when I finally saw the news because this has been coming for a long time, hasn't it? It has been coming for a long time. It's it's way overdue. Uh, it, this, it's, it's, it's difficult to excuse the board for letting it go on this long. Uh, I mean, you know, shades of Pulis and and Pardew, really. I suppose. It, yeah, uh, Pulis. Yeah, Pulis was just oh, you just hung on and on and on, and we were thinking somebody can't make a decision here. Well, this this was the way this situation was. I, I think um, I think I have to say that I mean I was I was pleased 
that the decision had been made that he he was leaving. I don't know who made the decision. I don't know whether he, he actually thought to himself, you know what, I've had enough now. And so they've come to some arrangement where uh, he doesn't get his uh, whatever full payoff or what. I don't know, obviously. I'm not, I'm not ITK as far as that's concerned. But I instantly then started to a fresh round of worrying. Uh, and, of course, the next worry I've got is this next manager who comes in is so amazingly and crushingly vital that they get this right um, that I'm, I'm now probably just as worried about the decisions that they're going to make with regards to bringing the next one in as I was about how long it's going to take them to get rid of Bruce. I'm like a nervous wreck at the moment. Yeah, it it is a concern because Ron Gourlay looks to still be at the helm. I've read somewhere that he's going to be... Um, He's going to be doing the managerial search. Uh, there's a few things that have sort of concerned me. So the first thing was that Ron Gourlay is still doing the search. Uh, I, I would have thought he would have got the sack as well, which makes me think that maybe it was Gourlay's decision to finally get rid of Bruce. Um, and the other thing that I saw from um, on Twitter was someone said, a journalist, I think it might be Joe Chapman, uh, said that the, the search starts now. And I thought to myself, what do you mean the search starts now? You said, um, we talked about this, and, and, and Dan Ashworth said, didn't he, in one of his interviews, that you always have to be thinking ahead and always have to be planning ahead. So if we've really just finally sacked Bruce and then gone, well, who's available? That's that's shocking for me because we need to be more proactive than that. We need to have a plan in place already. We have no idea what Ron Gaulle is like at picking a manager, really, because... All he did was get hired and, and 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 hire his mate straight away. He's had no, he's never done a process, and that's bad on Ron Gourlay. You know this this managerial decision that he made of getting Bruce in was awful. So he's not got a particularly good track record with this. But by by, look, by the looks of it, he's going to be staying in charge. So I I fear your, oh, sorry, I I concur with your fear, mate. That. They've just got to get this one right for the future of the club, for us as some sort of a force going forward. They've got to get this decision right. This is the most pivotal decision we could we could ever make as a club. So let's get into who we would like as um, the next manager. Now, I've tried to make an extensive list as I can with all the names that are read. Of, of people you know of people recommending and people saying this and that about them if i've missed anybody out i apologize like i said this is the list i i come up with that i could find on social media and the names were the mention were mentioned were as follows um so we've got sean dyche darren moore michael appleton Derek mckinnis roy Keane, rob edwards ian evert chris wilder scott parker john terry mick mccarthy michael carrick slavisa jovanovic and carlos corboran uh, and then the other two that I mentioned last week was Stephen Schumacher and Kieran McKenna. I actually put a post out about Kieran McKenna uh, this morning saying that I would quite like to see him come up the Albion and manage to wind up the majority of Ipswich fans in the process. All I said was, if if I had my choice of manager, who would I like? And it was uh, Kieran McKenna. And it was, well, you're not a big enough club and we're bigger than you and all this rubbish so anyway it's quite funny um well if you yeah. will poke the hornet's nest what do you expect of it quite clearly um I, I obviously can't recommend managers from other clubs um anyway so my choice like i said earlier was kieran mckenna the reason being i think i said this last week but he's young he's hungry he's doing really well at ipswich i'd like to think he'd see us as a step up because we're in the higher division um I also think he would like. I'd like to think he'd see us an opportunity to turn us round and get us back to where we need to be. And the other thing is, I, I mentioned before, he's worked at Man United. He was, I think, he served as, as an assistant manager under Jose Mourinho. So he's done a good, decent apprenticeship. He's got a good links there with Man United, and I can mention he's flying high. And I just want someone like that. I don't want another merry-go-round manager. I saw people saying, "Oh, we need experience." We've done the experience thing. We've had every experienced manager going pretty much, and they've all failed. 
I want somebody, and I said this last week, who's going to come in and he's going to lift the team and he's going to have new tactics and new ideas and, and fresh a fresh take on things. We've done too much of the, you know, safe hands. He's he's the sort of experienced at this level and he knows what he's doing. We've had enough of that. I want something a bit more left field and a bit more just different and a bit more exciting. Um but I think if we mention Dyche, because that's the one that everyone's been talking about, there's rumours that he might fancy the job. And I think he would probably be the club's number one choice. I did just say a lot of stuff about youth and, you know, bringing someone in. I think the only person who I would sort of relax those demands for, or those that, you know, that criteria for, would be someone like a Sean Dyche, because I understand that, you know, he has been successful at Burnley. He did turn them around and get them into the Premier League. And I think he's the right sort of personality for what we need. I know that John said, you know, we need a Megson-type manager. I think someone like Sean Dyche is probably close to that. Um, so what, what's, what's your thoughts on Dyche? Sean Dyche would be my first choice. Yeah. Um, and the reason that the reason that I say that it now is until today I didn't believe there was even the remotest chance that he would uh, that he would accept an offer from uh, or or at least even countenance an offer from uh, from Albion and the reason I thought that is because he would see the same situation in West Bromwich Albion as he did at Burnley but that was a that was when he did that at Burnley. It was a different stage in his career, um, and in the end, it looked like he'd had enough of the lack of ambition at at Burnley, uh, and there was some huge personality clash. I suspect, or I think it was rumoured and reported at the time, uh, and and he left the club not on the on the finest of terms with uh, with those uh, leading lights, if you like. Well, when I look at Albion, I see exactly the same situation as probably he was facing towards the end of his tenure at Burnley. We have got the most moribund bunch of directors. That Well, I, I don't remember a worse set of directors, um, in, in my humble opinion, uh, um, at, at any stage. Uh, we've had some bad ones and equally as bad ones. Um, but cumulatively, I think probably even going back to um, people like Trevor Summers and Tony Ayle, uh, that they'd got more they'd got more football knowledge than uh, than our than our uh, owners have, uh, and and then that leaves Gourlay, and and Gourlay's put us in this position with his decision making with regards to Steve Bruce, one win in thirteen is indescribably crap. Um, and and he he put the person in charge who's who's achieved that. Uh, so I, I I just didn't think until today that there was even the remotest chance that he'd countenance us. But uh, on Twitter again, um, various various things uh, I've read various things um, that are hinting that he might be interested, um, and I find that really surprising. And as a result of that, if if that's genuinely true, then he was he's the one I would go for. Uh, the only, as I say, the only reason I, I would I didn't I didn't really sort of uh, think too much about him was the fact that I just I'd, I'd written him off. I never thought of any interest at all. Um, I wanted to mention uh, Carlos Corberan um, because I, I remember somewhere reading that the fact that there, there might be a short um, a short list of three, uh, Carlos Corbran, Chris Wilder, and Deutsch being another. Corbran left Huddersfield. He actually resigned uh, and quoted a, a lack of ambition uh, when he was at when he was at Huddersfield. Um, he got him to the playoff final, didn't he? Uh, and and then subsequently, the drop the like a rock since. Well, the next season he resigned. Uh, and quoted, as I say, a lack of ambition. Well, the only ambition, the only 
real ambition that is detectable at West Bromwich Albion is when they say we are ambitious. The actual evidence of it, um, well, it's it seems to be fading badly to me. Uh, we, we don't seem like an ambitious club at all. Our ambition now, uh, most recently with Bruce, was ninth. Um, and we've won one in 13, and it's took them so long to sack the man that I question how ambitious they they are on the board. So, I don't, I, I, so therefore, I didn't think Deutsch would, but perhaps he will. And I was quite interested in Carlos Corbran, but now it turns out that he resigned because of a lack of ambition. So I can't see that developing. I, yeah, why would he do that? I don't know. It's up in the air. I, I, like I said, I completely understand Wilder. Um, sorry. Wilder, I don't understand because he's, he failed miserably at Middlesbrough. I just don't think it's a good idea. And obviously, Lai vetoed him before at the start of last season. Uh, Corbran could be an interesting one, but you mentioned if he's if he's seen a lack of ambition, then he's you're going to struggle. But if you look at Huddersfield now, I think they're below us in the league. Um, so obviously, he was doing a good job there for because so they've gone from playoff finalists to where they are now, and then. Like I said, you've got Dyche, and I, I completely concur. I, I, I would prefer a a young, up-and-coming, hungry manager, but I can completely understand the argument for Dyche, and I, I think he could be someone to turn us around. Um, the other one I wanted to mention before uh, we talk about other things um, was Scott Parker. He was another one that intrigued me. Obviously, he did very well at Fulham, um, and then I did well at Bournemouth. Left Bournemouth in the summer... Sorry, early early this season, and he's out of work. Um, I think he might be an interesting one. Um, the other thing I want to mention as well, actually, about Dyche, and someone said this on Twitter, which was a good comment. I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, but they said, you know, at some point, Dyche has got to get back into football because if you stay out for too long, it is difficult to get back in, and maybe we've come up at the right time because how long has he been out of work with Burnley now? Was it last year he got the sack or left? Um, so, you know, that there's that option. Like, yeah, like I said, I feel I'm the same as everybody else. If Daesh came in, I think we'd all be happy with that decision. And we'd all think, OK, we've got a manager now that can try and turn things around and, and get the best out of players because that's what he did at Burnley for many, many years. Um, so, yeah, I, I, could, I can definitely see why Daesh is your number one choice, mate. Good. Uh, as I say, I, I don't like that. I don't like Wilder. Um, now, because obviously the way it all collapsed at Sheffield United, and and then the, the the sort of disgruntlement that it caused at our club, um, Lai getting involved apparently, allegedly, and and vetoing it when um, it was basically well, we all thought it was pretty much a done deal, didn't we? I think what I will say as well is. I know I said this last week. We reeled off a load of names when we sacked Ishmael. And then you said, oh, what about Steve Bruce? And I said, oh, yes, yeah, Steve Bruce. And then we ended up hiring him. I don't want Gourlay to do another one of them. I don't want Gourlay to be making these decisions that everyone goes, really? Because that's how we all were with Steve Bruce, wasn't it, really? It was, oh, like, how deflating. And then in the summer when it was not really announced that Steve Bruce was staying on, but it was, I don't know, I can't remember how he did it. I think he might have said something in the interview like, oh, well, you know, I'm staying on next year. And everyone was like, oh, really? I don't want a manager like that again. I don't want a, oh, like, why have you hired him? Oh, okay, then he'll steady the ship sort of thing. I want someone who's got like a real statement of ambition. And I think someone like Dyche, someone like Parker, um, maybe Corbran, or like I mentioned, um, Kieran McKenna. I just feel like it's a real statement. That's it. We're going to go out and get the manager we need to get us back where we need to be. I don't want another deflating appointment because, like you said, this is the most important decision I think, you know, they'll make. I think the fate is the end of the road now. I seriously do think the fate, the fate of the club is um, in the balance at the moment because financially we are where we are and i think it's worse than we probably uh, believe um and we've 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 got to get the right appointment 
I don't know how many managers there are out there who would do the job for us, but we need to get one of them. And um, I, I don't, I, I don't like the idea of Wilder. I don't, I, and Carlos Corbran uh, hasn't made a fist of a good, uh, well, a, a more ambitious and, and more well-placed club than us just lately in Olympiacos. Um, and I think, but I think one thing that I would say is that if 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 Deich comes, um, I'd be a little bit surprised if Deich comes because that would throw a, a fair amount of responsibility on Lai, I think. Uh, because looking at it from Lai's position, um, he, he's not going to invest. He, he just hasn't got an investing bone in his body. He's the opposite. So uh, apart from obviously purchasing the club, um, which I still don't know why he did that. But it... It would if if he gets Deich, Deich is going to want to get results. He's going to be driven because he's been out of out of uh, football for a while, as you say, and he's not going to see us as the um, the be all and end all of his career. You know, managerially, he's he's at his prime. So I would have thought uh, the the thought of coming to West Bromwich Albion really would be a bit of a disappointment to him if he's got to come to us. Because uh, he would be hoping, I would have thought, for a Premier League club, perhaps a struggling Premier League club to come in for him, but it hasn't happened. So um, so I think probably we might be a straw that he's grasping. Now, if if you're going to get a manager like that in, uh, who is probably, he, he hadn't got us in his sights um, and, and he's going to make do, then it throws a responsibility on lie then to make his life uh, challenging and interesting, and and I just don't know whether he's I don't know whether Lloyd's got it in him. I, I don't know whether he's got it in him to make anybody's life interesting and challenging. Yeah, I think it's got to be a, an interesting proposition for him, and being told, okay, we've got these players, you've got no money, and do the best with what you can. I just can't see enticing a a Sean Dyche. So yeah, maybe maybe Lloyd has gonna he's gonna put his hand in his pocket and say, well, you're gonna have these funds to work with. I don't know. I can't see it, but I, I don't know. It it just seems all over the place at the minute, a bit of behind the scenes at the club. Um, looking, at it, looking at it from Lloyd's perspective, he must now, it's like been laid out in front of him now for a period of years that if he seriously believed that we were a self-funding, self-sustainable Premier League club, if he still believes that, well, I despair. He, he must know that there is a responsibility on him to do something about getting the club promoted. It's not enough to just get Goulet in as a CEO and for them to talk endlessly about employing a, a, a sporting director uh, and, but not doing it and and to just get or a safe pair of hands in. All we've had since he came, apart from Val, are these alleged safe pairs of hands, and every one of them has fumbled the ball. It'll be interesting to see what happens and, and who they announce. I think we've we've said how we feel about it, and I'll be obviously interested to hear what other people have got to say about it. But let's go to have your say. Um, I put a post out on social media. I put it out a couple of days ago. Um, people were very kindly commented, but then obviously the whole it was mainly Steve Bruce. It was like you know, why hasn't Steve Bruce left? But then obviously now he's sacked. I put another post out earlier, and I basically said you know the change it changes a lot. So what's your thoughts now? And and people have kindly commented again, and thank you all. Like I said last week we do really appreciate it. Um, so let's go to Facebook first. Um, and I'm going to go to Richard Plant. Thank you very much for your comment, Richard. He said, I'd like us to get not just a manager, but set out a long-term vision along the line of what Brentford have done in terms of taking young talent from lower leagues and building an identity and style of play. I and many others would buy into this idea. With little money, I believe it's a sort of project we should be looking at. And for that, we need a manager who sees this, not an old past it manager. I completely agree. I think that's a great comment. I think a club like us, I mean, you look at Brandon Thomas Asante as the perfect example. Somebody we brought up from the lower leagues, 
and has thrived at this at this level. I mean, what what is it like for two games in four, something like that, or five? You know, that's, that's a good return for somebody who's never played a championship game before. And I think that's a great comment from Richard. What was your response, mate? I think any manager that comes in has got to start winning a few games. Um, that's the that's the challenge. Yeah. Um, we are now in such a position. We are in. Uh, I said. I said previously that we are definitely now in a, a relegation fight, a real relegation fight. These players have forgotten how to win. Um, it. We are. We are really struggling, and so any manager, whether they be a, a young, hungry manager who's a project, and um, and is employed as such, they've still got to win a few games. We can't. We can't. We now can't afford uh, any indulgence at all, because we've been put in such a position by our club. Now we 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 can't take it. It's it, there's got to be a few wins. The crowd needs to see some wins. I I, I mean I don't remember. Um, a situation like this, well, I do remember it, to be honest with you, but it's a long time ago. And um, it, as I said, it, 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 the shades of 1985-86 season to me, when Ron Saunders was uh, was in, uh, except towards the end it changed over. And um, I, I just thought, I just feel like they're under pressure straight away. And, of course, all, all managers are under pressure because – Usually the club's got a bit of a problem and that's why they change managers. It's very unusual to change when you're on the up. Uh, but it's extraordinary, I would have thought, the prospect of coming to West Bromwich Albion at the moment. A club that's supposed to be uh, one of the fancied clubs having having been um, relegated two seasons ago. Uh, and we're in the bottom three. And we are only on goal difference higher than... Huddersfield and they've got a game in hand so we could be one of the bottom two and Coventry have got I think they've got two or three games in hand on us uh, so we could be bottom of the league so that that brings its own pressure um, it, it's going to take a special manager to um, to get us in the in the playoffs it, it's going to make Steve Cooper's um, yeah, feet at Nottingham. Look, it's going to eclipse that one, I think. Well, it would. I think it would. I think it would eclipse that. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I'll, I'll put something on, on Twitter, actually, an effect to sort of this. Um, and I think it was at the Rainbow Stand, just to give them a quick shout-out. And they they basically said that, I can't lie, if, we, if, if it was Deich and the football was anything like it was whilst he was at Burnley, I'd hate it. And my response was, I think, unfortunately, we may have to sacrifice attractive football to get us out of this mess. I understand that's not what everyone wants to hear, but we need effective football. We played some good stuff under Bruce earlier this season. Look where we got us. And I, I agree with that. You know, well, obviously, I agree with myself. Um, we, we we just need, like you said, we need to get out of this position. I think what um, Richard said is a, is a good idea, a, a great idea. But yes, I think a manager has to have those blends of two things, doesn't he? He has to obviously have other on the future. Hopefully, it's someone we can have there for a, a while because... We have sacked so many managers over the last, what, three, four, five years. It's getting ridiculous now. We're not quite at Watford's level, but it's, uh, yeah, it's getting ridiculous. Well, so Billich, we... Billich was our inspirational manager, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he was the one who inspired players to uh, to greater greater heights. Um, but, of course, with the squad that we'd got, once we got into the Premier League, he could only inspire them to greater heights. Um, and it's it's their greater heights. He couldn't inspire them to the heights necessary to be able to compete with uh, enough Premier League sides to uh, to prevent us finishing bottom. Really, so we we are in a situation where we need an inspirational manager, but we also need one pragmatic enough to to make sure that we don't concede. Um, and and forgive me, but. The last time I remember a manager like that, it was it was it was Gary Megson, and then and then Billich did it to an extent uh, for a, for a far shorter period of time. Um, I mean, don't forget Gary Megson was was regarded he is regarded as a sort of like a, a demigod, 
at the Hawthorns, rightly so, by me as well. Um, but I tell you what, the, the football wasn't wasn't wonderfully attractive. Uh, no, and it, wasn't. it and it was 1-0 to the Albion. Um, and that that was how we that that was our bread and butter. That was that was how we went up the, the up the league, if you like, and got promoted. Um, and that and even then, we were a yo-yo club. So, but we got results in the championship. We were guaranteed under Gary Megson that we were going to get promoted again. Um, he used to keep his hard-working squad together, uh, who he'd inspired to to play at a level. Um, and so we we go up again. Well, we're in that position now because. What will happen is with this owner, if we get, if we by some miracle did a Nottingham Forest and got promoted via the playoffs this season, we'd, we'd get relegated again. And, and then at least we'd have the money uh, for that manager who, who has inspired us to an incredible feat uh, to be able to invest. Um, because it's the only way that's going to happen, really. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's we, we would, I think, we would go back into the OEO. We, you know, we have got, we have made big strides backwards. I mean, I put a post out um, after we lost to Preston, saying congratulations to Ken, um, Lai, Steve Bruce, Ron Gourlay, Ian Pearce, and everybody else who's, you know, sort of in the boardroom of West Brom that they've managed to undo the work that Gary Megson started 20 odd years ago and I think we have to rebuild we have to like I said strive to get back in the yo-yo and if we have to do that through not the most attractive football I think it's unfortunately a necessary thing we have to do right now um, because we haven't got a vast budget we can't buy the best players so we've got to do it differently and that might be the way we do it at the end of the day you don't get awards for winning sorry playing really nice football you get you get promotion for for winning um, so let's go to Mark Stevenson, who made a really good point. So Reyes Cleary is on a hat-trick tonight for the PL2, PLT, PL2, there we go, easy for me to say, um, side. Surely he's got to be given a chance to up front. I completely agree. I think at some point we're going to give Reyes Cleary his, his chance. Uh, somebody said, uh, I think it was Clarence Staple, a big friend of the show, thank you very much for your comment, and he said that um, why not go with him and BTA up front? Why not? Why not give it a chance? They can't be any worse than Grant. I'd understand if we were sort of like, you know, around the um, playoffs and thinking, oh, we, you know, we don't want to risk too much because we don't want to drop down the league. But we're, we're awful. So why not just give Reyes clear his chance and, and see what he can do? Well, better he now made the jump um, uh, before um, the, the the sort of like the, uh, well, the obvious problems that developed subsequently. Um, and there's no reason why somebody else can't. Um, uh, he uh, he needs more than Bruce gave him. Um, anybody anybody who's as promising as he is at the level that he plays at deserves more of an opportunity than he was given by Steve Bruce. But of course, we know um, that Steve Bruce was desperate. He must have been desperate, and so he reverted to type. It was just play them that you trust. Yeah, uh, and of course, look, look, look where that got him. Yeah. Um, if Bruce retires, what do you think Alex Bruce is going to do? Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, he's been, he, he's been, he's been like an appendage, hasn't he? You know, to to his dad uh, over the um, over the years. You know, everywhere his dad's managed, he's ended up at as a as a centre half, um, and. Um, and now he's following him around as a coach. Uh, I would imagine. Um, I, I would imagine that uh, the family has has accrued enough uh, enough finances for uh, for probably um, Alex to uh, to be safe uh, and um, and to carry on coaching at some level. But uh, yeah, he ain't going to be following his dad. I, I suspect his dad will retire. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so let's go to Fred Rudge. Thank you very much for your coming, Fred. He said, some of the players not only let the manager down, but also the fans down. Another biggest appointment in our history coming up. Um, that's, last, the last bit you said, that's true. It feels like every appointment's the biggest one in our history. Um, there's no doubt about it, Steve. 
Uncle Steve wasn't good enough, but there is the point that these players have let us down and the managers down multiple times. You look at people like Livermore, Matt Phillips, you know, Carl Bartley, who've been there for a very, very long time. Connor Townsend is another one who've been there for years and years and years and have underperformed over and over again under managers. So what can we do this time? What what could a manager do this time to get the best out of these players? Because we've had the Steve Bruce nice approach and we've also had the Val not so nice approach, should we put it, you know, a lot more, it seemed more strict and, and sort of treated the players a lot differently than someone like Steve Bruce. So what's the answer? Is it somewhere in the middle? You know, what 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 do you what would you as a new manager want to try and do? There's a third way that you, on the one end you'd got the stick, and then the other end you'd got the carrot. Well, it, the third way is the inspire. I've said it before. Yeah, you where where you want to run through walls for this person who's in charge. Um, I've experienced that myself personally. That that I've worked for people who have just been well not worthy uh, clueless um and not they, they can't they can't create um an atmosphere of endeavor um so what we need is that third way we need the inspirational leader the one who can who's got a vision and can take the players with him uh, and and that's 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 what we need. We we need all the technical ability um, that a manager requires, and but we need the guile and we need that those leadership qualities. That those leaders always eat last. Um, so in other words, my players um, are treated uh, with respect as adults, um, but not only are they treated like that, but my expectations of them are the same. I expect them to be adults. I expect them to um, behave like they've got purpose, ambition, and, and they're on a mission. Uh, we we haven't we haven't had that uh, situation um, for some time, and I think Billich got some of it right. Uh, he got it he got it okay to a point, but like I said, he was overwhelmed. Um, or the, the the team, the squad. Uh, as it stood then, uh, although it could, got us promoted, um, it was overwhelmed by the quality of, prem- of the Premier League and he couldn't inspire them uh, enough uh, to operate so far above their uh, expected qualities that they could compete. So what we need is is uh, a sort of a combination, if you like, of Billage and Val. Um, I think, you know, when you look at our current situation, Billich did very well to get promoted, but I don't look too far back. Let's look to the future. So, yeah, that was a yeah, good point. Somewhere in the middle. Someone inspirational would be a very good shout. Um, thank you very much for your comment, Fred. So let's move on to Mark. Uh, Mark Griffiths, big friend of the show. He said, now Uncle Steve has gone, will Albion get some ambition or will it be just be another safe appointment? I myself would love to see Bielsa at the Hawthorns. That's someone I didn't mention, and that's a very good point. Obviously, he did work wonders at um leeds um got them you know up the leagues into the into the premier league where they're some you know somewhat comfortable now or somewhat surviving um i just i just don't think we'd get him but and then the other thing that mark said because obviously um he said that you know core brand for him because he's bielsa trained uh so we'll be able to get a tune out of them and get them well drilled um if we can't get bielsa himself but yeah, just, you know, interesting thought. And would you like Bielsa up the Albion if we could somehow get him? I, uh, I, I, I would, yes. I mean, I, I like... Bielsa was somebody that I fancied um, a, for a while. Um, I think, and I think John certainly um, certainly liked the idea of, of a Bielsa. He mentioned uh, Tuchel as well, Um and again, this this is going back years. This is this is before Tuchel uh, um, got to the level here. Um, 
that he has. Uh, he, and, but he was he was well very very well regarded in in other countries. And Bielsa falls into that in, in my opinion. Bielsa falls into that category of manager. He did wonders at Leeds. He turned them. Well, I mean, they're a completely different club than they were prior to um, his appointment. Prior, prior to him coming in, uh, I remember I remember him losing in a playoff final to Doncaster Rovers. They they didn't they didn't succeed on that occasion, and that must have been a crushing blow for them. Um, well, now we've got a situation where. Bielsa, after Bielsa's arrival, he's changed that club from the one that that failed against Doncaster Rovers in the in the in that uh, playoff final um, to get to the championship. That was, and uh, to the to a club now that is well, I mean they're they're, it's, they're not finding it easy in the Premier League, are they? But they're um, they they've carried they his they've carried his ethos into the battle. Uh, yeah. To remain in the uh, in the Premier League, so yeah, I mean, I, I'd love somebody like Bielsa up there, uh, but again, um, it's a pipe dream, I suppose. Isn't it, it? it is a pipe dream, uh, Mike. Yeah. Um, so uh, Mark Stevenson again, thank you for your comment. He said, "Who pressed the button? I wonder. Don't think it was Gourlay. Surely was Lie. Gourlay now should be relieved of his duties after making the terrible appointment. So if Lie is in the ruthless mood, please strike now and get rid of Gourlay." Also, he shouldn't have any say in recruitment. It's an interesting Gourlay, Gourlay, and I've held off talking about him until now because I knew that there was a few comments regarding... Jeff talks about Gourlay as well. Um, I'll just actually... I'll say Jeff's comment, Jeff Banks. Thank you for your comment because it's very... like It's it's sort of the same ilk. And basically what he said was, what does this mean for Gourlay? By my reckoning, has, he has not only got the appointment completely wrong... But it also uh, it also looks like he let it conflict of interest of him and Steve Bruce being mates and let it to let it drag on. Also, why is the managerial search only beginning now, as reported by Joe Chapman? Surely, given the lengthy period of poor form, it would have been a prudent to be sounding out potential replacements. And good comment, Jeff and Mark. And that's something I was alluding to earlier. So it was Joe Chapman who said it. Personally, the, the problem is. I'd say get rid of Gourlay, absolutely. I've said it, Gourlay out, you know, for weeks now. I suppose the only thing is, if you get rid of Gourlay, you're then looking at lie to start making decisions and getting involved again, and you think, do I really want that? So unless lie had somebody else lined up to take the role of CEO, which would be his fifth, fifth CEO? Yes, his time. Do. You know, you need somebody there to make the decisions. I'm not trying to defend Gourlay at all. I don't want him at the club, and I think he's been a woeful CEO. Um, and we were warned about him by Reading fans, but we'll see what happens. But I, yeah, I completely agree with both of them. I don't trust him to make a good decision. I mean, he made a horrendous decision with Steve Bruce, and like you know, they both said that it took way, way too long to sack Steve Bruce. You know, it was going on forever. I started to fear that he just wasn't going to sack him if he has. Because, like you said, it you know, like Steve's, um, sorry, Mark said, maybe it was Lie that stepped in and said, "No, he's going. This is enough now." But to be fair, when that happened before, he sacked Ken, didn't he, as CEO, and he he sacked Lee Pu as as chairman. So I don't know. But what's your thoughts, mate? If we get rid of Gourlay, he's got to be re- uh, replaced. So who's going to replace Gourlay? Where is the nous? Where is the football experience? Where is the the network of knowledge going to rest to bring in a CEO? Well, he, he, I don't know where it lies. I, I, and I've said the word now, haven't I? Lies. It would have to be him, and I'm concurring with you, really, Mike. There's just no knowledge there. There's there's no. He's so remote. Um, and so out of touch with with football it's, itself, the game and and the and the English game, I can't. I just can't see where any knowledge would come from that would give him the ability to choose a CEO for a football club. Um, 
we've had nothing but poor decisions from Lai. And if he's made this one uh, to get rid of Bruce, and he, and he, he has overruled Gourlay, it's the first time he's made a good decision, in my humble opinion. So to get rid of Gourlay now means that somebody would have to replace him. And honestly, I despair under at those circumstances. I think, well, what 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 Gourlay did previously appears to be on the basis of no shortlist or even a long list for that matter, appointed Bruce. Let's hope that he's learnt a salutary lesson from that. And and we should have already for some time now of been going through pairing out uh, a long list to a short list um, if the short list is as i as i've read um Deutsch, wilder and corberan then out of those two i want either Deutsch or corberan uh, but my first choice would be Deutsch. Uh, i hope they're not starting now i hope i hope to god the whole process isn't starting now because if it is well mr beale uh, who's i believe taking the reins temporarily with a bit of help from uh, from his friends uh, moza being one um chris brunt and, as well. and probably chrissy as well chrissy brunt uh, is going to be um, going to be in there well he's going to need he's going to need uh, to be pretty damned handy himself because as i say if the process is only just starting um, it could be a, a long while. It could be the rest of the season. Who knows? Yeah. Um, also, Timothy Jones said the future of Ron Gourlay. In, is his position untenable? Do we trust him to make the next appointment? It has to work. This time, or relegation will be assured. Will I be involved in the appointment? I think we've sort of answered that in what you just said. But, yeah, thank you for your comment, Timothy. Well, Gourlay is the least untrustworthy. Well, he is, isn't he? I mean, yeah. It, it's just, I think what it is, this is the most important decision and we just don't trust the people making it. But hopefully he's learnt. Um, if you learn from your mistakes, then Ron Gourlay should be a genius by now. Uh, Michael Seary, uh, thank you for your comment. The club, the SAC coaching staff and players have been, between them, dug us a huge hole to get out of. None of the names on the bookies list inspire me much long-term. Hope, sorry, don't inspire much long-term hope in me, but please, please, not Roy Keane. I'm with Mikey on this. Let's go find a young, ready-to-prove-themselves manager for somewhere, anywhere. Come on, you baggies. And actually, yeah, that's something else that's prompt me. Roy Keane was the bookies' favourite. I'm not sure if he is anymore because it seems to be all over the place. What? Why? How? Who? When? Huh? Well, Why when? Roy Keane? When? I think he was last in management 11 years ago, wasn't he? Well, the thing is, I mean, people criticised John for saying about Gary Megson because they were like, well, he's, you know, he's, he's been out of football for 10 years. How can Roy Keane be? I'm not saying that anyone is supporting him because nobody seems to. I think it's more the fact that he was at the game the other night against Preston. But pff, that, no way. I can't, that would be a horrendous decision. You're talking about Steve Bruce being uninspiring. Well, Roy Keane would be even worse than that because it's like, what would he do? I know some people have said, well, he'd get amongst the players and he'd sort them out and all this. But no, no, no. He, he did all right at Sunderland. What was this ages ago? I remember going to Ipswich and doing really poorly. No, just no. Steve? All he brings, all he no. brings is a bad temper. Yeah. And I can't see how that helps uh, a club in our situation. No, it'd be a horrendous decision. Um, so, yeah, no to Roy Keane. I agree with Michael Seary. So do I. Um, let's go on to the Twitter side of things. Thank you all for your comments. So, firstly, Ash at Ash uh, underscore, sorry, Ash Ash 13, at Ash 13. Do you think that Bruce sacking will make Lie question Gawley's position at the club or, or sacking Steve Bruce be enough admission he got it wrong and be judged on the next appointment? I think we've, we've sort of said that and, yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> it's most important, really, that he gets the next one right, and obviously he's going to be trusted with it. So, lies well, still teams it. it. I'll on. say it unequivocally. Um, we can't let Gourlay go at the moment. Um, he's he's got to be the one who leads the search. 
um, and provided he uses the process appropriately, um, then he's the man for the job at the club because we just can't get rid of, a, of the manager and the CEO at the same time in the situation that we're in at the moment. No, you're right. It just throws the club into too much turmoil, I think. And I know that's in under a lot, but yeah. I, I, can, I, I agree with what you're saying, mate. Uh, Clarence Staple, thank you very much for your comments. He said, most important quality our new manager should possess. And I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, inspiration. We need someone inspirational. Yeah, we, there's a, it's an element of a few people's character. Um, sometimes they uh, they find themselves in the right place. People who've got that, that, that situation uh, and they become a leader of men. Uh, you've heard it said, and it's, it's it sounds a bit cheesy uh, when I say in those terms, but that's what we need. We need someone who, even the most hardened, um, cynic, long-term cynical professional uh, footballer, has as respect for and will stir themselves to get their aching bones out there and and play above. Um, our expectations yeah, of yeah. them, and even their expectations of themselves. We need, we need, we need this team now to be more than the sum of its parts, um, and and that's a bit of a cliche. We can't have this team playing to its limitations anymore. What they've got to do is exceed their own limitations, and they're not going to do that on their own because they haven't done it on their own. Uh, you know, we got relegated bottom of the league in the Premier League and then we failed the following season and we are failing far worse this season. So we can't trust them to do it on their own. Somebody needs to drag this, these qualities that may or may not be in there out of these players so that they do the job that they're being paid so handsomely for. Yeah. Uh, next comment, at, at youngad underscore five. Uh, thank you for your comment. He said, is this the end for Bruce in terms of career? I think he'd be a fool to try and get another job now. Are we actually looking for a manager? Or will they leave the under-21 set up in place? Are we still on the manage, managerial merry-go-round? Are we actually going to make a good appointment? Uh, in terms of Bruce, I just can't see him working again now. I think he's got sort of gone step down after step down. As he obviously was at the Villa, and then he got the uh, the Newcastle job, and then he's obviously come down to the Championship with us. If he was going to get a job now, he'd be looking, I'd imagine, a lower league job. Oh, like you said, um, he was going to go and watch the cricket, wasn't he, after the Newcastle job, but we came up and he stayed. So I hope he retires. Yeah, I, think I, I don't time. think... I mean, he's... He, He's a human. He's he's just a bloke, and you know you can't go through what he went through at Villa, Newcastle, and now here, uh, and not be pretty traumatised by it. I just hope he's got the sense to know that it's time yeah. to stop. Because yeah. I would hate, I would hate him to go to a, another club and fail again. Because well. I just don't think he deserves. I don't think he deserves the ignominy. Um, he's probably a nice bloke, you know, and he should he should retire and he, he should he should just enjoy. I think it's you know we don't wish him any ill will, and I don't think anybody does. I think it was just the frustration of him being the right wrong person in the job. And yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Um, I don't think they're going to leave the under twenty one setup in place. I think that's we'd well, hope that's just a temporary measure. Um, and then are we still on the managerial merry-go-round? I hope not. I really hope not. We've had too many merry-go-round managers. You know, Pulis, Allardyce, Pardew, Bruce, Hodgson. I mean, Hodgson was all right, I suppose, uh, before he ripped the soul out of our club when he left for England. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't want another merry-go-round manager. Someone said, what's left? Mick McCarthy. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, I've even seen that name crop up on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that's that's terrifying. <laughs> no, no, no. He's another lovely bloke. Yeah, I'm sure he is. And he's um, a personal friend of a personal friend of mine. And he's he's a lovely bloke. But now, please God, no. Um, so at Regind, 
344028840. Thank you for your comment. He said, what happened on that transfer deadline day and why the silence? Why are Gourlay and Pierre still here? And we need reassurances from Gourlay that we'll not point one of his mates. That's a good point as well, because there's no way you can't deny the absolute shambles that's been going on off the field. Yes, Steve Bruce hasn't been good enough and he deserved to go. But there's been a lot of things that have happened off the field that you would imagine would be under Gourlay and Pierce's remit. So I don't understand the silence. It's been way too silent. Um, I saw someone actually, it was a suggestion I made last week or the week before, wasn't it, that someone like Radio WM should get in touch with the club and try and get Gourlay on. And I saw that Daz Hale uh, tweeted somebody who made that suggestion and said, well, ask the question. I think there needs to be more of a pressure put on the club from local journalists they, they're going to ignore podcasts and that's that's fine it's up to them but i just think that the you know there needs to be that pressure applied because fans need answers it's been a mess and ian pierce i don't understand what he does the the recruitment yes okay we hired we signed uh wallace and swift but there was no real there was no real scouting involved in that it was just well who's the best two free agents in the in the championship i just just looked at the stats yeah basically and Yukushlu played for the club before. So, and Malumbi was already here. It's not exactly like we've had breathtaking, you know, sort of scouting going on. Yes, BTA was um, a good find. But like you said, I think Steve Bruce knew somebody at Salford City. So, but anyway, I agree um, with Reginda. I think there needs to be more focus put on Gourlay and Pierce because they've got a big decision to make. Can't argue. Yeah. Um, final comment, uh, Paul Griffiths. Thank you very much for your comment, Paul. Um, he said, "Will he sell the club?" I presume he means lie, and my answer to that is, "I bloody hope so." <laughs> but I think the only way that's ever going to happen is if we're in the Premier League, and I know that seems like a long way away, but the small building blocks can start now. If we get the right manager in, who can turn things around, like you said, look at the current situation and get us out of that and then start to think more long term and try and rebuild and get back in the Premier League I think that's the only way we're going to sell because lying going to take you know what a hundred million pound loss on a club so until we can get somewhere that we can get demand the sort of fee that you know maybe not what he paid but close to what he paid or you know in the same ballpark we're going to be stuck with him he's between the devil and the deep blue sea uh, as as are as are we as a result of that. Um, the more I look at this particular, the more I look at this particular uh, situation, you know, this specific that you mentioned now, the more terrified I become, because he's paid a ridiculous amount of money for the club in the first place, and I suspect that he paid everything he'd got to get the club. Um, because I would have thought that within that, whatever it was, the rea- in reality, I mean, it's be alleged to have been between 175 and 200 million quid. There was probably a fair amount of that um, earmarked for investment. Uh, I don't know how much, obviously, but I suspect that there was a substantial amount of that. But he couldn't get it for what he wanted to get it for. Um, and so, therefore, he had to lump in the investment in the squad money in order to buy it and having done so he needed us to be as we all believe that he was led to believe that it's a self um, sustaining Premier League club and of course if it had been uh, well by now probably there would have been some appropriate investment in the club but as it is there wasn't we aren't self-sustaining Premier League club and we didn't invest and we went backwards or when we did invest, we invested it poorly uh, because the wrong people in charge uh, were put in charge. Uh, and and so we, we're left with this situation. So let's have a brief look at our game against Reading. We're playing them Saturday, 3pm. Um, they're flying high. They're doing really well. They signed Andy Carroll, which really upsets me because I wanted to play for the Albion and Men Foster. Um, 
but <laughs> just to drop that in. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, um, it's going to be a tough test. You'd hope we'd have a manager in place by then, but I'm, I'm not sure. We'd probably have the age-old, the managers in the stands watching the game sort of thing. Um, but it, 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 we're a no. I don't know how Beal's going to get on. And obviously the new coaching team. Um, we don't know what sort of team he's going to pick. We don't know what he's going to do. Obviously being... Um, our sort of youth setup. You'd like to think he might give Reyes Cleary a chance. I don't know. What what's your thoughts and hopes for the game? I would have thought. I would have thought the um, the interim uh, team will be in charge for Reading. I can't see how um, how we're going to operate that quickly. Um, certainly, if the process is starting now, we definitely aren't going to be in that situation. If they sign. Uh, a new manager tomorrow, then I would have thought probably the best the the best we could hope for is for that new manager to be in the stands watching the team on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, at, at Reading, so it they're going to be in charge. I would suggest for longer than that as well. Um, and to be fair, I mean uh, that Beal, he hasn't done a bad job uh, up to yet, uh, from what I can see, um, and it. it you know what? It could be a blessing in disguise because he might start to think, um, well, I actually know and trust some of these younger players, whereas Bruce obviously didn't. Yeah. Uh, and, and you never know. You never know, do you? We might just get to see one or two. And I think the other interesting fact before we go into our socials, etc., is that Daryl DK is going to make his fourth appearance for the club, hopefully, eventually, and it'll be under his third manager. But yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, can on Twitter, I am at MikeyWBFC. On Facebook, if you search for All Things Albion. And the other thing as well I was going to mention, which I hadn't mentioned for a little while, is if you don't have social media, but you listen to this podcast, you want to get in touch, you want to get, you know, take part in, have your say, or whatever other various sort of like things that we do, if you email me at... Um, all things Albion podcast at gmail.com. You can get involved in the conversation because we've had some comments on uh, our Spotify. Um, and also, like I said, not everybody might have social media. And if you want to get in touch, please do because we really enjoy reacting to your comments and, and talking about what you're thinking. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, and also, the biggest thing you can do to help the podcast is share it with a friend. If you've got somebody who's an Albion fan, you think you might like to listen to us rant and rave about the Albion then please do and uh, obviously follow us on your podcast platform of choice whether it be Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Um, Once again thanks for your time Steve. Thank you guys for listening. Let's hopefully hopefully see things turn around. Maybe get a bit more exciting. Maybe head up the league. Who knows? Boing boing. Boing boing.